Welcome to Spiritual Changemakers, the podcast that guides you through tough times with practical tools and inspiring stories. I'm Andrea Thomas, your host and the Sacred Transitions Coach. Join us as we hear from spiritual changemakers who have connected with their higher power and overcame adversity. Whether you are navigating a difficult transition or seeking to deepen your spiritual practice, our podcast provides guidance to help you find magic in the change. Come on this journey of self-discovery, empowerment, and transformation with us and unlock your potential to become your best self. My beautiful souls, welcome to a new podcast episode. I'm so excited for today's guest. We are going to have Ian Hopkins, all the way from Australia. Right now it's on the other side of the world for me, <laughs> being in, in Tallinn, Estonia. And I'm so excited because the subject we are going to talk about today is anger management. So how do we deal with anger? What are the symptoms? And all the juiciness around it and Ian we have known each other for a couple of years now he's a very good dear friend of mine and he's also the founder of the grief code and that's a, a divinely guided process that enables every living person to uncover their unresolved and unknown grief and just dramatically change their life and the lives of those around them. And he has helped thousands of people through this process to help them make peace with their past. So welcome, Ian. So happy to have you on, on Spiritual Changemakers. Andrea, great to be here. Yes, I, I already said a little bit of an introduction for you, but tell us a little bit about you and uh, why this was one of the subjects that uh, you wanted to share and talk about today. For me, it's from my experience. Yes, I talk a lot about grief and, and everything that's unresolved and unknown, and that was my experience. My dad passed away in 2005, and that brings everything to the surface. Like when, when you go through grief, it's not just the loss of the person, it's everything starts coming to the surface. I know this is something that you've had to deal with firsthand recently, so it throws up a whole lot of things that you're just not expecting. And one of those things for me was anger. And a lot of males have done a great job of suppressing my emotions for a long time. And when you lose someone or you go through a major grieving moment, so it doesn't have to just be death. It can be a uh, breakup of a relationship, business collapse, like any number of different things that has a major, it really stops your life in its tracks. And then you think you've got it all together and things are going along and then you keep yourself calm in, this is my experience, in professional setting, so at work and other areas, but the anger would build up this is the unresolved part, right? Mm-hmm. And you would build up and it would spill out at times when you didn't want it to. Now, for me, it was two places. One was at home and that the worst place it could possibly have been in terms of the people I cared most about, they were the ones who were ending up being on the receiving end of my anger and frustration. And the other area was on the sporting field. So I could in go... In a sporting from, field. So I could go from calm and balanced but when something was thrown up that wasn't fair mm. it's referee opposition whatever then then i'd go from zero to a hundred and i'd be um yeah angry mm. awesome and so, we will dive we'll dive deeper into that and into your story Ian. but before we go and dive deeper into that i would love to ask you how do you define spirituality? How do you look at spirituality? I, there's so much depth to it. I really like the description I heard from Brené Brown, which is it's your relationship with self and your community. And that might see a, seem like a really oversimplistic description, but if we go into the depth, for some people, spirituality is nothing more than how they see themselves, how they speak to themselves and their connection with the important people in their world. When we look at the depth of that, anyone who's been through any change, transformation, personal development, growth, 
you know that there is a whole lot more going on behind the scenes and maybe not that you ever knew, but that you'd blocked out for so long. So I always had an intrigue with spirituality because I grew up in a, a Christian household, mm. but there was sense. So I was always curious about what else is going on. So to me, it's like when we go internal, it's our connection to self, which we can go, I know you've just been to Bali, so I'm sure you've had some incredible moments within of yeah. connecting your higher self. And then the community from that internal perspective is our, our guides, our spirit guides, our, our connection to past ancestors, to past lives. So again, this, the depth depends on where you're at in your journey and your system, what you've learned, what feels in alignment for you. And, and of course, our past experiences and upbringing are going to have an influence on that as well. Mm. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing, Ian. And I know, so we both grew up in Catholic households and so on. And it's interesting how you said that you always had a curiosity of what else is out there in terms of that. For me, I didn't even have a curiosity because I was just, I think so ingrained into the church, into God and, and everything. And I, I never even thought that it's possible to be something else out there until I got so disconnected from, from everything that it's a higher power. And then eventually I discovered spirituality, which again, my guests already know right now that spirituality is something different for each and every person, however you relate and you define it, it's gonna be different. For me, it was this connectedness to everything and believing that there is something higher there that it's guiding me and it's helping me and I'm not going alone through this world. So for me, that was like the, the main major point that also helped me take action with things that I was so afraid to take because I didn't believe in myself. So that's a huge reason why this podcast is called Spiritual Change Makers and it's not just change makers because spirituality, I would say it's a catalyst for my transformation and for where we're at at this moment. And the anger topic, the anger addiction, it just takes us back to the emotions, not to the unprocessed emotions to how do we deal with anger and for me I've definitely had it throughout my life I think we all do it's it's one emotion that we all deal with <laughs> yeah. um, but for me it was very predominant I would say especially with people around me with my father being a very impulsive person he would just snap he would just react then my brother, then one of my previous lovers, one of my previous partners, say very impulsive and just dealing with that. I, I got to a point in my life where I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I just, I feel like I have an allergy to angry people, to like impulsive people. And now uh, being where I'm at today, uh, the awareness and knowledge that I have right now, I realize that anger comes because they are missing the emotional intelligence and that they never processed some of the emotions. So I would like for you to just take us back to like, when did that start for you to even become aware that, oh, I want to manage my anger and that you were addicted to anger because I think that's a huge thing that people don't even realize. Yeah, absolutely. When my dad died, I wanted to change things, but I didn't know how. And it took me six years before I found a mentor. And I thought I was having this mentor to get into wealth creation, which I was. But what I was actually going on was a spiritual journey, a journey of healing. And pretty soon into it, I'm like, oh, I want to have my... I thought maybe I'd create something down the track, but I'm like, no, I need my own business. So it was like, well, where am I going to start? of this sport and I got a little bit uh, lost there because I wasn't really clear on what I was going to do and I had a few different mentors that, that couldn't help me find that clarity and then I got guided through a process around my own journey and, and what was showing up for me and the big thing was I wanted to be a, a dad that was actually a good role model for my children because at that time I wasn't feeling like that 
I knew I flew off the handle too much. I got angry at them. I was aggressive. And to my wife and probably to the pets as well were on the receiving that frustration. So that became a real desire to change. And the progression there was, okay, I need answers. I to journal and I started to explore different ways of doing things. And I stumbled across this book. It's just been on the bookshelf. And it was a sporting book, but it was a chapter there by this famous coach's wife around meditation. And I would never have... I would never have been open to meditation if it hadn't have come in a sporting book from a person mm. who I sporting journey, right? So I found the perfect way that it needed to. So I started playing with meditation. I realized when I meditated, I felt better. I wasn't as snappy. I didn't react to my kids and to my wife like I was before. And I'm like, that's really interesting. Now, like with anything, it works until it doesn't work anymore. And then, okay, I need something else because I'm still getting frustration that comes to the surface and I don't know Russell Brand's book recovery he talks about the 12 step, step systems of addiction and how he's created his own 12 steps one that's more in tune with his beliefs and or maybe he's, he's might have changed a bit recent more recently but he swear like about everything and so he, he had a whole of expletives into his 12 step system and he started talking about addictions and how we're all addicted to something. Mm. And I was, and I'm listening to this to this book on the audio book, and that was like a smack in the face, because I was like, oh, that's my addiction is anger. The reason why it keeps coming up is because I actually get a lot out of it. I'm actually enjoying this, and I don't want it to stop, because mm. at that only place I. Was able to process emotions properly so it was my outlet because if you don't bottle it up if you don't deal with it when it gets to a little bit of sadness or even just pessimism or something below joy if you don't deal with it then drop further and drop further and for me it would do that and then it would just default drop about six levels of the emotional guided scale to anger wow. so it was like Oh, okay. That that changes everything. So now it's if I'm addicted to it, what do I need to do so that I'm not? So that I can just be okay. Sometimes I do get angry, but it's not my coping mechanism. If that makes sense. Yes, and this I feel like it, people can relate to any type of addiction, any type of of emotion. And for you, it was. It was anger and how you said it it's a coping mechanism and yeah. for me for example a coping mechanism i know it has been change and adventure those were my two things and i'm like but they're like they're healthy they are good and then we find the reasoning on why we do it and why they are healthy but it's so important to go deep and ask yourself like where is it is it coming from and how, how can someone tell if, even for me, for example, it was masked as being something good, something healthy. I'm like, who doesn't like adventure? How can you tell if it's a, a good, and I don't even like the labels good or bad, but something that serves you or that doesn't serve you in your life in that moment. I love that too. To me, there are different things that frustrate us in our life and if we feel the emotion, look at anger specifically, allow yourself to feel it. The difference is how you then act on that. So if you act on your anger and you're gonna get aggressive, violent, and uh, I'll keep talking while I let the cat in who's decided she must be in here at the moment. If, if, we, can, if we act out on those impulses mm -hmm. that detriment of the people around us and also of course, to ourselves, because afterwards we then feel awful about the actions that we took mm. and then downward spiral of something much lower than anger, like depressive feelings. For some people, when they suppress anger, they go to anxiety and, and all sorts of different uh, states that, like you said before, that don't serve. It's not the, not the being able, it's not trying to remove anger 
and resist anger creates more problems. It's finding ways to be able to process it in a healthy way. Now, this going back, that's probably five or six years ago when I had this realization about the addiction, took me another probably three or four years of solid healing to then realize that I was looking for the answer externally. Mm. Answer internally. And it's amazing these things come, I'm just doing the most mundane routine tasks. So the original idea around the addiction came when I was walking the dog. The solution came to me when I was hanging out washing. And because I work from home, I have the luxury of having more flexibility. So when my wife's at work, I, I not that much, she'll tell you. But every now and then, I hang out some washing. <laughs> so I'm out there and I'm thinking about anger and I'm thinking about all these different processes that I've learned through, through working with spiritual coaches and then doing my own work with other people and, and having those moments where things I channel ideas to help people heal. And then the idea just came to me. On people, particularly men, action is key. So, mm. hello. To process anger, we have to take action. Mm. So, there was a great example here uh, during the, the lockdown a couple of years ago where the, the workers who Perhaps in the past, the action might have been go to the pub, drink way too many beers, and mm -hmm. fight at each other or go home and fight or be abusive yes. or whatever. But they took a different action and they walked up to the town hall to plead their case for the restrictions and the battles of that group. Now, like I said, sports where I used to fight, so that was an action and a lot in Australia. A lot of men take that action, their anger comes out on the sporting field, or worse, coaches, mm -hmm. children playing sport, which is uh, all too prevalent. I'm sure it's the same in the US today as well. I'm like, how can I create a mindful process that involves action but can process anger? And that's the anger rehab therapy came to me. So I just call it art for short, right? And that's how you process. And it's Anger comes in, in like as a full spectrum, low level anger and then high end anger. In the middle range, we tend to react, right? Yes. When things are enough, we react. So that middle range is fine. High end, we've been taught you can't feel revenge, you can't feel rage, you can't be this, you can't be that. So we bury that. Mm -hmm. But actually, minor end, low level anger is often what gets us caught up. So if you think about, if, if you imagine, I haven't got a kettle in front of me, but if you imagine the kettle and every... ...anger will add up and will add up and will add up. Mm. Depending on how much anger you've got bottled away, and how much frustration is in your day and how much you still need to work on to heal, then that, that kettle will fill up maybe in an hour, maybe in a day, maybe in a week, maybe in a month. And when heat is applied, like when I've been at work all day and I got home and there's everyone's frustrated because they've been at school and work. And so that sort of heat, that sort of pressure, then the kettle boils and there's steam released and everyone gets burnt, so everyone gets hurt. But if you can vent that anger regularly, then no one gets burnt. Not you and not the people closest to you. So that's when the anger rehab therapy comes in. It's a, like you said in the introduction, divinely guided process to take internal action that simulates what you would do externally to bring you, to regulate your emotions, particularly your anger, and your rage and revenge and all those different sort of emotions that we're told we're not allowed to feel, we allow ourselves to feel them so that we can process them, so we can move up to a more, we're going to say joyful, that's the ultimate goal, but, but a, a emotion that does serve us at the time. 
So I would say even to just move to the next better emotion. And this is something I have learned in some processes through my healing and coaching journeys. So ask yourself in that moment, so what is my, just my next best emotion right now that I can feel? Because if you try to jump from anger to, oh my God, now I'm the, the happiest person and I'm doing absolutely amazing, uh, your mind is going to have a hard time coping with that and believing that you can even do that. So from what I have learned is that in that moment, just ask yourself the next best emotion and then you take yourself out of that, the anger. But it's so fascinating how you shared it, Ian. So it's because we, we notice that now like when people snap when people when or when we snap it's gonna be usually from this really random thing that and then you ask yourself is was there really a reason why i i had to react that way but in fact it's the accumulation of all these like small angers throughout weeks or years and so on and then you gotta come a point where there is no more space within your body and energetic field and you're just gonna explode and maybe you are not gonna even explode on the right person to say like that accumulate it and you're just gonna do it on someone random and i'll add that everyone's level of accumulation will depend on how much of that higher end anger they have You've been through traumatic experiences that involved other people being aggressive. That was my upbringing. Mm -hmm. My dad would react uh, aggressively at times because uh, he was bottling it up as well. He was suppressing. So doing the best he could with the circumstances he'd been, been brought up in. So if you, the more traumatic your experience and the more anger you have tucked away, then the less reservoir you have, less space you have mm. for that level they're like, oh, they're really quick to anger. Yeah, they, because they've got a lot of stuff there borrowed up from their past. It's not their fault. They've experienced some horrific things. And when the heat is applied, they react. And so my real passion is a lot of men who don't even realize why. And then they blame them. That's the pattern. You act someone else's fault, then you act, and then you come back on your and that's where we get to that point. So it's a, I don't know if epidemic's too strong a word, but in, in Australia, one of the, the biggest death rates males over 40 are taking their own life because they can't deal with the emotions they're dealing with because they're suppressed anger and they're sitting in this lower place than that. Like I said before, depression, anxiety, they don't know why. And if we unlock this, this anger that can, that doesn't need to be there, start dealing with some of the reasons why that maybe they have got that small window where it adds up, then we can start getting more leaders, male leaders there to be role models of a much better way of living than what we we all experience there from the current leaders. Are, um... So we have a different capacity based on how much we can take in with the anchor before we, we snap. And from what I heard you saying, it's really going to depend on, on your environment and how you grew up. And if you had people around you, like for myself, I had my dad who was very impulsive all the time. And then I grew up with this traumatic experience that I was keep choosing partners uh, that were also uh, very impulsive, that didn't know how to deal with that because that was something for me to heal because we tend to choose the familiar, isn't it? We, that's what we grew up until we don't heal those traumas and those parts in us. We just tend to choose the, the same patterns. And what would you say, because I know you, you're speaking a lot about, about men, but for women, for example, it's also, I would say, a very interesting topic because women, we are taught to be submissive, to be submissive and just try to please everyone and don't have any conflicts with anyone. So when we experience anger, it's going to be exactly the same thing that we just suppress it. So what it would you is. say to women 
um, especially those that are still dealing with people pleasing. And I think we all are until a certain extent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, the bit about men absolutely doesn't change it for women. It's more the current plight of the male in Australia. I'm sure it's quite similar in a lot of, a lot of Western So the, on the flip side, because only two generations ago we lived through world wars and there are other wars through, that, through the 50s and 60s, there's a whole lot of men coming back from war with undiagnosed PTSD. And in that time they go away, the, the woman more of those masculine roles. And so that sort of behavior is modeled to the next two generations, which is what we're experiencing now. So there's a lot of women who are more in a masculine type energy mm-hmm. away from more of that natural, create, nurturing, like how you described before, that sort of energy. They're still because they had modeled to their mums, more in that drive, pushing, more of that traditional male role. Now, whatever you believe about how things should be and where people should sit, ultimately we, we all have a mix of that feminine and masculine energy and there is going to be a tendency one way that's going to work better. Now, for, for any women, they're still going to experience anger, but particularly if they've had that masculine in there out of alignment with who they truly are. So that what that leads to is the same sort of reaction. They had this anger and frustration, they get frustrated at their partners. So then they end up going and doing the work for them. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to process the anger and to be able to come back to more of that divine, nurturing, caring, energy, sensitive, sensory energy, then they can allow themselves to, to build a much better relationship with their partners. This is from a male-female partner, of course. From my own experience, I, I wouldn't go into partnership. This is not an area that I, mm-hmm. I know. So it's the same process. It's still they still will relate to the concept of doing energy, of of processing anger from a place of action, because that's what they've had role model to them. That's what they've done. Now, for for if if you're a woman who's more in that uh, feminine space then you might find that you don't need to process the, the day-to-day anger as much. It may be that there's just some other stuff from your past, some of that higher-end stuff that needs to be processed. Now, the beauty of the anger rehab therapy is that it works for both ends. What is usually the case, though, is it's so much easier for us to identify and find the low level. Some of the high-level stuff, we've suppressed the memory, so we don't know what it is. So then it's about more about I did define that there is an energy there and we can mm-hmm. still process have to know the details. If you've done any sort of healing work, you will know that sometimes you will clear something. You don't know what it was. You know, it was holding you back. You've always, there was something there in your past, but it's been cleansed, been cleared, but you've acknowledged that it's there. And then you've either healed someone. Going to allow you to come back to that place of balance more easily, more readily, and you can literally do it. In, uh, I worked with a CEO last year, high pressure role, and what he was finding was in meetings, when the anger would come, he would immediately suppress, and he, his default was anger dropped to anxiety. So he's having mm-hmm. these moments, high power meeting, and not sure why. Whereas when I taught him the process, he was able to switch from, oh, this is frustrating me, shift the energy in his body. And he said it was like I went from feeling it in my shoulders and my and tightness in my chest to then running down my arms. And because I felt like a superhero. I was like suddenly I just was powered up. And so it's, it's being able to, to shift, process, literally process emotions in an in a instant on the run to, to keep you in a balanced state and getting the results you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would love to. So you shared a few different ways that people can go about it and how they can deal with with the anger from feeling it, from shifting it. We talked about go to the next best emotion that you can have in that very moment. And 
what are some other ways that people can approach this? I know you also shared meditation, taking action, and depends uh, if you are more into your masculine or feminine, that action is going to differ. It's a little bit of introspection right there for each and every one of you to assess where are you at within those energies at every given moment. But what would be some, some of the other tools that people can use and have them on their fingertips to be like, oh my God, when anger comes up, these are some of the things I can do in that moment. Really? simple the thing that everyone should do is focus on breath. It's a part of our brain that takes fight or flight or fight, flight or freeze. That's a built-in response from our body, the uh, amygdala it's called, that part of the brain. And and when we have a reaction, it's called a hijack. You can try and logic your way out of it, but your brain has already gone to the fight, flight, freeze response. And so your adrenaline's kicked in, your whole body's going into this state of survival. And it was obviously from a uh, evolution, it was there to keep us safe from wild animals and enemies and so on. Whereas now, most of the time, it's keeping us safe from emotional pain. So when, we're, when we feel triggered by someone else's actions or words, then that same response happens. And then we wonder why we react in a negative way while we mm. react react over emotionally or we react in a way that we're like what why did i even react like that because we've gone to that fight or flight or freeze response breathing will take us back to a place use the logic brain so i mentioned before <coughs> why in sport it can be the most challenging and why so much anger comes out for people is because and there's not as much oxygen going to the brain and their ability to stay calm in that moment is just able to come back to breath if you're a parent you're dealing with children who you're getting angry just in the pause maybe putting your hands or just asking them to slow their breathing down and they'll mm. go calm. and when we're dealing with ourselves it might be literally just giving ourselves a tap on the shoulder or grab your wrist or whatever to say Okay, just breathe, just focus on your breath, come back to allowing yourself to come back to some sort of equilibrium so you can make a, a conscious choice rather than it being a fight or flight. So that's the easiest one for everyone. A, a more powerful tool and, and something you can do after the event is journaling. Journaling mm -hmm. would save you. I don't say this, I, I, journaling saved my life because when I had so many different thoughts and just a mess going I learned about journaling from the, the great Jim Rohn who talked about it religiously and so then I started learning it from other personal development people like Robin Sharma and Les Brown and, and it's basically keeping a record of your day what went well what didn't go so well and then the key part is asking questions so your unconscious brain is such a powerful tool and we can shape how our unconscious thinks by using our journaling process mm -hmm. because celebrating wins in our journal after every day, our unconscious <laughs> brain wants more of that because that was great. So we'll start the next day and it's perpetuating. But also with questions, our unconscious brain will then start looking for answers. <coughs> Listeners, now if I ask you to look for the color red around the room, the color red will stand out because your brain is focused on that area. If you ask a question in your journal, why do I keep reacting like this? This is how I found uh, meditation. Mm. What um, I can stop being so angry all the time. And not long after I started writing that in my journal regularly and celebrating the days when I was much better, well, then I came across this sporting book that that came <coughs> really clear and writing things down in my journal and letting the magic of the written word tap into the unconscious brain and allow the unconscious brain to do its job, which is find your solutions to problems way you down the road. Mm, yes, because it is said that the quality of your life, it's uh, dictated by the quality of your questions. So journaling through questioning your reaction, questioning your day. And also I have learned a process that it's called lofty questions where instead of, of asking 
just regular questions you would ask why and you would ask questions in a way for example why am i always having so much time to do everything i want why am i able to deal with anger in a much better way why so you ask those questions in a way that it's going to help you become better and look for the proof of those things and i found asking questions in that way it is much more powerful because again your subconscious mind is going to look for solutions to those questions absolutely and then this is a spiritual change makers podcast right so if yes. you look at it from an energetic perspective what we who we are is what we want to attract so our journaling process allows us to create a truth about who we are so if you've had a week where a few things have gone wrong and you get to friday and you go that week was but when you have a journal and you've written all the good things that's happened you get to the end of the week and you go, man that week wasn't so good and then you go to your journal and you look at your last five days and you go actually it's been amazing i've had one or two things bad but everything else has been amazing so then you become a person that's more positive and what happens then is that the vibration that we are literally this our body is made up of a sea of atoms which are mostly just energy if you look at it i like the description that dr joe spends it if we were to create blow an atom up to a much bigger size it's like a it's like a uh, a nfl football with a grain of whizzing 40 meters around that's the actual physical part of it. Everything in between is. Vibration attracts, right? Hopefully you can still hear me because it looks like you're breaking up there. Yeah. Yes, when, so when we use our journal to our truth of who we are, then we start vibrating at a higher level and we attract higher level solutions into life. And I remember listening to Jim Rohde go, oh, I don't understand the magic of all of that, but I was already dabbling in some of the more spiritual aspects of life at that point. And I was like more curious. I'm like, tell me more about this ability to attract different things into your life. And mm. Yeah, it was exactly that for me. Yes, and I love that you brought that up because we go into the outer world into the external world and we try to do all these things and i was literally talking with a friend last night where we do but then the results you get are not what you desire and the reason for that it's because where where is that action coming from what is the energy the place that the action is coming from and we heard so much that 80 percent of anything we do 80 percent it's mindset and 20 it's strategy whatever the action but it's also yesterday i joined regan hiller if you guys heard about it it's a manifestation uh, queen and she was talking how 80 percent it's actually not just the mindset but it's actually your inner work and that encompasses everything internally your emotions your energy and your mindset of course too and then you take the action and when you take the action after you do the 80 percent of the work that's when the shifts start happening that's when you start seeing the results you desire because you focus on what's the most important thing your inner world that is going to reflect in the outer world yeah, absolutely and if we draw it back to what the topic today around anger addiction, when we're in anger, then we end up feeling much worse. We get into that place of avoidance. People go, well, why am I doing that? Because you're suppressing all these emotions. And when you suppress, you feel worse and worse. And you find ways to avoid doing what you should do. So part of that inner work is finding healthy ways to process emotions to me, anger has been the one that's most predominant, and it's also the one that I see most people is expressing. And then they're not able to take that action. So they're doing all of this work, but they're not able to take the action. They're able to process anger and do it in the moment. So the moment you hit distraction, and then you go, okay, so my, that's my 
job now. If I'm avoiding something or I'm distracted by something, the first question is, am I suppressing anger here? Mm. So I can step back, back into that place of action and doing and get You're absolutely right. We have to start with the inner world, uh, whether it's 80% or, I mean, maybe even more. Um, but we need to do that first. Again, it's who we become that allows us to do the things we want to do. We don't go, oh, I'm going to have this, then I'll be able to do this, and then I'll be able to be this amazing person. No, 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 we have to start with the being part. Who do you want to be? Who are you? What's your identity? And that's the person go and do what needs to be done so then you can have all the things you really want beyond the material. What is it that you really want? Who, do you, who is it you, how is it you want to feel? What is it, what is the sort of connection you have in your life? And yeah, then you can get really clear on, on what's really most important. Yeah, and the connection starts with self. And the better connection you have with yourself, the better connection you're going to be able to have with those around you, with your family, with your children, with your guides, with the universe, however you want to name it. But it just starts with self, the first and foremost. And we have covered quite a few things, Ian. And I know at the beginning of, of the conversation, you shared how this took years for you. Like you said, it took you many years to discover even that you have an anger addiction and then it took five or six years and then it took you like three or four more years to do a lot of inner and healing work to be able to get to a place right now where you would say you are you have a much better relationship with anger correct and you're able to to process it so you don't get to the the point where you have the frustration and you are impulsive and i just hear people asking right now oh my god do i even want to go on this journey of being like years on on discovering and then on healing and it can be like so daunting like being on the on a healing journey as as we know that we both have been now for quite a few years so what can we tell to those people that even the thought of working on so many years and getting to a very place to help them start on this process. Absolutely. So that way for me is a big part of the work I do now helping people because I don't want anyone else to experience I don't want anyone else experience having to wait six years to be able to change and then have to wait all those other years to be able to gradually work my way through things hit and miss yeah i've built this that i know will fast track it and the first step is you, you've got to take self responsibility. have to take all personal responsibility the moment you blame anyone externally any external of you no matter how bad because things happen to us right like mm -hmm. it wasn't my fault that passed away it wasn't my fault that brought up a whole lot of stuff for me but i have to take responsibility for my actions then I was blaming him, I was blaming other people in my life, I was reacting negatively, but I had to change. So I had to say, yes, all those things have happened, but I'm going to take the steps. That's the first. The inner calm, also I talked about meditation, that's a really big part of the next step. So that journaling and meditation process is, will accelerate your journey so much. And then the other two key things that I found really sped things up for me, one is having a, a really clear direction where you're going. Mm. And you don't know where you're going. You don't know why you want to make peace with it, for what end. Well, then you'll get addicted to the, the great feeling. Healing feels great. Clearing things from your past feels great. But if you don't know where you're going, you'll just get stuck in a new loop. And I've been there too, where it's just all nice and floaty and, oh, this is blissful. You're not getting anything productive done. You're not going anywhere. And you need to be clear on that. What, where do you want to live? What sort of people do you want in your life? How do you want to feel? Like me, I had so, because of all my unresolved stuff, I had so much pain in my body. Mm. My back was no good. I always broken bones. All these external excuses in the world why I couldn't be better. But what I learned is actually I can heal those despite different diagnoses that I've been given. You can't run anymore. You can't lift any weights anymore. You really should wear orthotics in your shoes. I don't do any of those things anymore because I've gone on the journey of realizing that if there's something not right in my body, then there's part of my past that still needs to be released. That and having that direction 
having that vision of my future and breaking it down into smaller chunks so that you know the steps, that allows you to then take the steps go. Then the right healing, up, the right areas of your past that need to be cleared in the right order will show up in a, in a much more effortless way. And the other thing is finding flow. I'm a talker, right? An expert. And I was, yeah. was really introverted work. And I'm also uh, a nurturer. So my best space is having conversations, is networking, is interacting with people, the one or two or three groups. That's my best from in my flow. That's where I can just talk for hours like this and I'll be completely energized. But I work in a, in a office place where you were, your value was sitting in front of a computer and churning out all this work. And I used to always go, why am I not better? Why can't I be better than this? Why can't I improve? Well, the problem was, is I was never going to be able to improve in that space. But then I realized my flow is conversation. I can talk to anyone. So I started having better conversations. So I started with my boss, his boss, to any of the executives well above me because I could do conversation. And funny thing was, my career started progressing faster, started making more progress. People would recognize me because I knew where my flow was. So mm. if you detail, don't try and be that conversationalist. Find what works if you're more big picture, you're an idea creative, you're a performer, find more ways to do that. And no matter what your job is, you'll be able to find ways to bring more of it into your life. If you're the person that creates things, you may make a performance out of that. If you look at social media now, the, the people who are tradies, oh, oh, what do you call them? Tradespeople, the plumber, electrician. Mm. Oh, sorry, I'm using Australian slang. <laughs> On now on the social media platforms doing funny videos, right? They're still mm -hmm. having to do that as a way to access more of their flow, and people, more people are following them because of that stuff's funny. And then, oh, okay, well, if I need someone in that space, I'll, I'll get this guy. He, he seems pretty cool. And then, if you're on more of that grounded, more sensory, nurturing place where you love looking after people and caring for people, then you make that a big part of your life. And then, of course, combination of all of those four different areas. And then find what combination works best for you. Find what gives you energy, what leaves you buzzed after you finish. I'll be buzzed mm. after interview, for example, because it's a one-to-one -one conversation. Yeah. And, and then you're going to accelerate your journey. You're going to not have to take the 10 years. You're going to be able to take these steps. You will feel like you're accelerating out of control at times, but you can get where you get. And of course, the other continuing Back. Mm. Yes, and I would also want to encourage people not to get hung up and attached to the time and the timeline and how long it's going to take, how long am I going to be this way, how long. I really want to invite you to release that and really enjoy the, the process. And I know we hear that so much that, oh my God, it's all about the process, but it really is. It's who do you become while you get that clear vision about your future as Ian just shared like you have that very clear uh vision and then it, who do you become along of you achieving that vision yeah absolutely mm, beautiful points and we gave people a lot of different tips and tools that you can start using today in your life a uh, journaling meditation to take some self-responsibilities. I would say that's a, a big one to start with that. And then following your flow. And the way you find your flow, it's really by finding where is your biggest excitement right now? Where, as you answer, where do you feel the buzz after you have done something? And that's going to give you the indication where is your flow in this moment, because that can change based on how you are changing. This was an amazing conversation, Ian. Thank you so much for coming. And what is one last thing you would like to leave people with around, around anger addiction? Mm. You're welcome, by the way, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you. The last thing around anger addiction, it's still okay to feel anger. I can remember after I'd worked on the addiction, I'd got much better of it. And then I realized that I'd got to that point 
point where I was just like, with things that had happened that had annoyed me, I'd go, no, it's okay. I'll just, no. Sometimes you need to react. It's mm. okay. With my children, it's okay for them to see that I'm angry. Mm. I'm Not so then I project my anger onto them and make it about them and blame them. And no, I, I am angry at this response. And like I would say to them, they understand it now. We've done this, we've had these conversations enough. But if you're just getting to this point of, of working through this, it's just reminding them, this is my anger to work through. This is not your fault. This is not, I'm not angry at you. Whatever you did, I've got some stuff I need to process. And that's okay. That's for me to process. And again, it's that self-responsibility piece. You get angry, own it, be okay to externalize it. And if you make it at the moment, make your anger about blame and it being on someone else, you're already lost. True. And thank you so much for, for coming and sharing with us your wisdom uh, around anger. And thank you to each and every one of you for joining us, uh, either live or replay or listening months from now uh, on, uh, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate you taking the time for investing in yourself uh, to just go deeper into your inner world and learn how you can uh, deal with anger so you live a more purposeful and healed life so thank you to each and every one of you and uh do not forget that i love you i appreciate you and i believe in you so much and in your potential thanks for tuning in to spiritual change makers podcast to stay connected and help us reach more people like you, please subscribe, follow, and leave a comment. Join our community of spiritual changemakers on social media to connect with like-minded individuals and continue the conversation. Remember, the power to create positive change is within you. Keep showing up as your best self and let's keep the magic of change alive. Until next time.